All right. Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you? Very well, Dan. Good morning. Good morning to you. I just wanted to let you know, in case you weren't aware, updates yes. are available. Uh, do, do you want to install the updates now, or do you yes. want to restart to install yes. these updates tonight? Uh, what would you uh, like to do? Yes. Is now good? Is now a good time? Yes. Right now. Let's do it during the show. Okay. Okay. Is that for your, is that for your system? Yeah, it's a, such a system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep trying to shut off the badge. The badge is killing me. Because like you know badges. me. You know yeah. me. I wait a year. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Well, I still got stuff. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta learn logic before I can lose GarageBand. I have logic. I have acquired logic. I have purchased logic. But is I, this your first foray into the world of logic? Nope. Nope. Probably the fourth. Okay. I find it extremely intimidating compared to what I've what I'm used to, which yeah, is opening com- GarageBand <clears throat> once a week and just literally dropping in two files. Yeah, you know, you can get it. I can, I'll send you um, our back to work template for logic after and oh, you can it'll kind of give you a great. good a good idea of, of what yeah. I do, because basically what I'll do is I'll you know, I've got all the, the tracks set up for you and me. And then um, and then, of course, our post uh, effects. So there's compression and a little bit of EQ and stuff like that. And then that's the fun I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's like the that stuff that talks about the um, denoiser and all of those different things and stripping silence and all that. I I'm very interested in learning that part. I don't, I don't even understand how to grab a bunch of stuff. It's very confusing. How do you grab a bunch of stuff? You like drop, drop the well, like people who like actually edit shows, like edit, you know, edit like good. Editing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they got all, it's all cut into a million pieces. And then like, how do you say like everything from here to the right, move forward? Shift you have F. To drag that? Shift F. Shift F. And that'll, that'll select everything that's, that's to 80, the right. That's 80% of what I need. Right to the, there. to the right of your cursor. And then mm-hmm. you can, you can drag it and it will all move together. It's, it doesn't have as, it's not as easy to shift modes and mess with stuff. Um, uh, as it is in like Pro Tools, where there's really, 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 really quick, good editing uh, mm-hmm. tools and stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's still pretty good. Yeah. Well, you know, I just uh, I'm trying to uh, at least make a mental note of stuff where I get the nasty gram when it launches. Like, you know, yeah, this is going away soon. Um, there's not a ton of that stuff that I'm using. GarageBand's the big one. But um, yeah, yeah. Wait, is GarageBand is going away. Is that what you're saying? The version that I use is not the ancient version that I use is not usable on Catalina because it's uh, 32 bit. I think. Right. Okay. Okay. Also, I'm gonna lose my my quick time. I like to record in. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, I complain, but who'd listen? You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be odds and sods. Probably. Odds and sods are good. I like odds and sods. Yeah. I like yeah. the ones where you prepare, and I like the odds and sods. And you like the uh, ones where I admit I haven't prepared, and then I'm I'm a little sick. My f- well, I'm sorry, you're sick. Well, I'm a little sick, a tiny bit sick in like three different ways. So I got like a rattling cough chest Ooh. situation. Yeah, I might be I might be legitimately bronchial. <laughs> there's that. Uh, there's like you know, then you get like a little bit of headache. Oh. And and I'm just tired all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't think it's the flu. I think it's just a. a I'll, I'll, I can cough for you if you want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all right. I'll, How I'll you know? I think the way that you know if it's the flu is if you just if you just feel like you've been hit by a train. Right. Exactly. Hey, if you broke your arm, you'd know it. Um, the um, 
Yes. Well, the thing is, though, I, the part that's bewildering to me is I did get a flu shot, but I still I don't understand how I got a cold. If you get a flu shot. John John Syracuse says, if you get a flu shot, you won't get a cold. Why does he say that? I don't know. I don't think that's, ac- I don't think that's accurate. Well, I'll bring it, it up on the show tonight. Bring it up again for me, for my sake. You can let him know that I was it's curious. Really, that's not good advice to give people. Well, no, it isn't. It's actually not advice even. And Oh, it's the, just misinformation. It's just misinformation. And the, the weird thing is, you know, I've listened to John Syracuse talk a lot. He can be smart about some things once in a while. And I've read, I've read a lot of the stuff that he's written. Yeah. And consistently, if, if I were to describe him, I would, the word, I would use words like logical, mm-hmm. scientific. He's like, he, he, in most things, he's a careful thinker. Careful, yeah. Uh, deliberate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thorough. Rational. Rational. And then you hear something like that. That's the same yeah. thing as saying, well, you know, if, if, if a black cat walks across your path, you know, you got to throw salt over your shoulder and, you know, throw the rice right. on the roof. It's like, what, well, what are you talking about? on your head and throw the pig's balls up on the roof. Right. Chicken in the bread pan picking out dough. I'm just, I find that very surprising. He's so rational about so many other things. Seems clear, but isn't. <clears throat> um, I don't have much here. Uh, Dan, um, what even is going on with your Picard show? Oh yeah, the the new Picard I show. On, I don't see it on. I don't see it on the website. Where's your Where's your new Picard show? Uh, it's, did, it's, did you go with Let's Get Picarded? Uh, <laughs> was that Was that an option I was supposed to use? I thought it was your idea. Ah, uh, well, uh, the show is is just called uh, the Picard, which is a reference to a uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Um, uh, episode in well i don't need to describe it people who know who who care about these kinds of things know what the picard is all about but that's what we call the show so mm-hmm. it's it's me and it's uh it's keith ruckus who hosts uh five by five at the movies and it's hattie cook who has been on lots of shows here and uh runs pretty much runs five by five these days uh-huh. and um and it's us talking about the new star trek picard TV show. Where the devil is it? It is at picard.fireside.fm. See, I'm slowly moving. Oh, it's not at the 5 by 5 No, I'm slowly oh. moving. Uh, be, I've been working really hard <laughs> on um, on uh, the network features for Fireside so that it can support pretty much everything. And I'm using 5 by 5 as my example. It's like, okay, what, what features do I need to add to be able to move a network over to Fireside and let people with networks run stuff? You're so, uh, eating your own dog food. As eating, the, eating the food. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it's, it's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, why, w- if we're only such a short period of time away from rolling this out, why not just launch it on Fireside and then merge it into the five by five network mm-hmm. when I do later? So it's there and yep. it is uh, it is the first episode is out. And of course, it's a weekly show so that every time an episode of the of um, of Star Trek Picard comes out the next day, we record it and we're doing it. And this is so fun because I spend most of my time recording with people who are somewhere else. And this is really fun because everybody's right here. It's great joy. Um. I'm I'm sorry I got distracted. I this photo of uh, your co-host Keith Ruckus. It, it appears to be a very very cute dog with a man growing out of its head. I don't know why and, and he. I like that. I like he, that a lot. Um, uh, I don't know why he uses that avatar. It's a sweet sweet doggy. His dog's name I think it's is it uh, Hashi Hashi Hashi. Oh. And he feeds it the worst stuff stuff you're not supposed to ever feed a dog. He just oh no. Apparently the dog is dying. 
Oh and, no! But it's been dying for years. Oh, jeez, dude. And oh. uh, and so he he's like, well, he doesn't have much time left, so I let him eat whatever he wants. And he, and he has the, all these Instagram video. He adopted it because it was dying. Like he adopted it to to eat. It got very complicated. Okay. <laughs> and so there's all these Instagrams of him feeding it pizza, uh-huh. cake. Mm. I'm like, but it's thriving. The dog is fine. So. Maybe he's preserving its life by feeding it this way. Maybe this is what dogs are supposed to be eating. Oh, wow. We're trying uh, to feed them healthy, dog healthy food. But in reality, they need, you know, they need cake. Oh, uh, and that and that's what's keeping it. Uh, I think that's it, what's keeping it going. Okay. All right. But uh, anyway, yes, we so we had a great time doing the show. That's, it was a good deal. Uh, I haven't listened. I, I thought. Uh, Oh my god! Oh, my Are you all right? Fried. You need to lay down. No, I might need. I'm 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 a little bit sick in several different ways. Mm. I don't have the I don't have the toots or the trots. Oh good. Um. Uh. I have not listened to the podcast because I didn't know. I, th- I was watching for uh, five by five. Um, yeah. But I really enjoyed the um, TV episode a lot. I did too. There's. A, it looks like they're doing some really cool stuff, and I would be thrilled if anybody who cares about such things would like to listen to the show. It's it's in the show notes, but it's Picard. That five by five. Um, see, Picard, I can't. Picard. What am I doing? It's Picard.fireside.fm. Super, super, super rare Pokemon. Say it again. Picard.fireside.fm. And it's in the show notes and uh, go check it out. And we hope you like it. And we're wrong. We're wrong about a lot of things. I've been receiving a lot of emails about oh. all the things that I've said wrong or done wrong um, uh, or, or other people have said wrong. We've they, made they tons boldly, of mistakes. They went where no one has went before. Yes. So the first Picard, segment Picard. of our show will be a Pokemon. addressing those. Yeah, Picard, I think there Picard. is a Picard Pokemon. Picard, Picard. Mm. <clears throat> okay, got, got that covered. Did you end up watching? Sorry, <clears throat> I, I'm I, I'm the monkey in my mind. What? What? <laughs> the, oh, did oh, I watch oh, the oh, monkey? Okay. Yes, uh, that wasn't what I was going to ask. But yeah, tell me, did you see? Uh, did you see uh, uh, the monkey? Yes, I put it on with with his um, left arm weighs seventy five pounds. I don't understand it. I watched it with my son. He was disturbed by it. I was disturbed by it. I liked it. Um, Every time they shoot back to the monkey's sweet, sweet face. And he has the cutest eyes. And then he just says something so weird in such an dis- upsetting way. Is there a point to it? Did I miss the... It's art, Dan. Okay, so I didn't miss Ars anything. Art's Gratia artist. You know, it's for its own sake. <clears throat> David Lynch doesn't strike me as the best actor. Oh, come on, dude. Play with me. Are you Are you even kidding me? I just, He's... I wanted, I was looking for some more depth and, and character development, and I didn't find it. In a 17-minute movie about a man interrogating a monkey in a train station? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Okay. He's so quotable. <clears throat> I don't know, there's probably, there's somebody that must be apocryphal, but um, I should I should see if I can track this one down. But uh, uh, sometime a little bit after Blue Velvet came out, supposedly somebody asked him in uh, an interview said, well, you know, what is it that Frank is snorting out of the mask in um, blue velvet? Mm. And he says something that makes him do very bad things. (laughs) And then what was the other one? That's a great response. Uh, What was the other one from, Oh, it was when he found the, um, it was when he found the, was it Woody the Woodpeckers? Oh, I got to find this. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Mm-hmm. Eh, 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 eh. Oh, did you see the dog? The little girl dancing with the dog? Have you seen that? No, I don't think I, I don't think oh, so. Here, I'll send it to you. 
I don't know if this will work. Uh, where is this? My wife. I'm clicking. This is you. I'm clicking. Pasting. Okay. So that'll amuse you while I am looking for this other thing. You cut all this out, right? Yeah, I'll edit all this. Um, oh, I can't find it now. Dang it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Ready? Oh, and <clears> it's in... <throat> oh, that's the... Because it's in time with the uh, thing that's on behind it. Yeah. Well, the, the dog's dressed up like... Well, the, you don't want to say it. It ruins the... Okay. Oh. David Lynch is recalling a day in 1981 when he says he, quote unquote, rescued five Woody Woodpecker toys that he saw hanging up as he drove past the petrol station. I screech on the brakes. I screech on the brakes. I do a U-turn. Go back and I buy them and I save their lives, he says. Seriously. I named them Chucko, Buster, Pete, Bob, and Dan. And they were my boys. And they were in my office. And they were my dear friends for a while. But certain traits started coming out and they became not so nice. Mm. Looking straight ahead, he says with a grim finality, they are not in my life anymore. <laughs> Something that makes him do very bad, bad things. Bad things, yeah. Um, woof. This is going to be rough. What else? Oh, oh so, okay, so, so you saw the monkey show. Um, did you, I, I, I cut this out if I'm talking out of school. Uh, you had talked about, you'd asked me about a t- TV program. Yeah. In text. Can I mention that? Yes. Okay, Parks and Recreation. Did you uh, guys decide to dive in? That is our next one. We are finishing up a movie, and then that's what we're going to be starting next. And and there's so much debate. You've given some really good advice about which episodes to watch and which ones to skip. Except and I just my advice was extremely confusing because I was off by one season. <laughs> yes, I think. I think you. Whenever were. it is, so go find the episode <laughs> called Greg Pakitis. I thought it was. Ep- I thought it was season two. I got to go look it up now. And that's my opinion, because that after, I mean, there's good episodes before that, but it really... <clears throat> and it's okay, you're not, we're not going to be all confused to who's who? No, I mean, it's like, it's like reading Chaucer or something. I don't think <laughs> there's any characters in this you're going to find unfamiliar. <laughs> right, okay. Um, no, here's the thing. Here's, this is why, <laughs> God damn it, Dan, this is why there's a difference between starter episode, best episode, favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the problem, and I think I said this to you in our super secret private text channel. I think I said to you, I says... I says, the problem is, if you, if you John Syracuse a lot of this stuff, well, first of all, that's not good advice. Starting at S1E1 is some monkey stuff. That's fine. But what if S1E1 was not very good? Mm-hmm. And then, like, what if the next three are, like, okay? If I stop watching The Office after the first episode, which I kind of did, it took me a long time to get back to The Office because mm-hmm. the first episode was so bad. Um. But uh, I just don't want you to bail because it starts off one way and then by the second or third season is very different. Yeah. S2E7 is Greg Pachitis. Now, when do, when do, when do, when do the guys arrive? I I don't know. Oh, Greg Pachitis. Pachitis. Okay. <clears throat> you could start at the beginning. Also, the Halloween episode is good. The, all their Halloween episodes are good. Mike Schur is very good at Halloween episodes. Halloween episodes are my favorite episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, for example. You see. The Treehouse of Terror. Treehouse of Terror. And, and you saw, I have the, I sent you my unified field theory of mm-hmm. the Mike Schurreverse. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's very clever and true. I have a question for you about Song yes, Exploder. Zombie Exploder? Song Exploder. Oh, I know that show. Why are almost all the songs that they talk about songs that aren't like the big hits? Uh, I imagine it is, well, I mean, not to be blunt, but uh, it's probably to some extent a question of A, who he can get that will, who will B, bring in isolated tracks for him to fiddle with. 
Mm. That's a lot to ask of somebody. Yeah. Like, I don't think, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra Jr. is going to show up, you know, with the source tapes. No, but no, but I, I, well, yes, but I think a lot of the, a lot of the people, um, are, are the actual people. A lot of the people are the actual people. Yeah. The, the guests on his, let me try, let me take a crack at that. Yeah. The dome. Um, the guests that he has on his show are usually the people who uh, wrote and performed the song. Yeah. yeah. So they could bring any song with them, right? Or is it a rights thing where he can't, I, because. I don't know. I, I doubt Tay Tay could. She's got all those issues with her original recordings. Yeah. But no, I mean, a modern artist, the kind of folks, the kind of like, you know, uh, beardy glockenspiel players uh, mm-hmm. that are performing today, I think, yes, they do have access. It's probably on their computer. It's not like, you know, getting Roy Thomas Baker to pull out the tapes from Bohemian Rhapsody or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. RTB, I call him. <laughs> He's good. He's good. He also did, uh, he did a lot of Cheap Trick. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, he did The Queen. Um, Dan, <clears throat> so much, uh, gonna... uh, so much to do. I know you got a lot, a lot on the Ooh, list to do. Oh, I, so, so much on the, and I, I, I always talk about stuff, but, uh, why don't you talk about something you like? Oh, I'll tell you all about Molecule. Molecule. Let's hear about it. Because the thing is, Molecule, this I, is, I'm going to, I'm going to mute because I, I have to make snot noises. Oh, do it. Absolutely. Hey, what's do going it. on with Molecule? Oh, I'll tell you all about Molecule. It is your best defense. Against allergy season, a lot of people are saying, "Wait a minute, Dan, it's uh, it's January. That that's not allergy season." For a lot of the country, it actually is. Here in Austin, we're entering into the like cedar fever time period where it starts to get really bad, and my allergies are usually this time of year really, really horrible. But right now, they're not as bad as usual, and I think a big part of it is because we have this this molecule here that's pushing clean air throughout the whole house. And that's basically what, what molecule is all about. It is an air purifier. It destroys airborne pollutants, including allergens and bacteria, mold, viruses, volatile organic compounds. Did you know that that's what VOC stands for? I did not know that mm-hmm. until I started reading about this volatile organic compounds. And basically what they do is they use something called Pico technology. It's called photoelectrochemical oxidation. And what's different about the way molecule works is it doesn't just collect air pollutants and sort of stay, save them in a filter. It, it does that. It has filters and it does collect them. But it goes further. It destroys them on a molecular level. So when you turn on the air purifier, this molecule, you're creating truly clean air. You're combating allergy season. You're destroying allergens in any room of your home. And depending on how big your house is or your office. If you use one there, you might be able to get a very big room or even multiple rooms. It all depends on the size and configuration of, of your house. Uh, but the technology that it uses, this Pico technology is, is up to date. It's very modern. Most of the, the HEPA filters that you see, well, those have been going in the same technology uh, that's been invented 70 years ago, 70 years. So they can do better in molecule is uh, is working on on doing that and making everything better and it's been it's been vetted it's been proven this pico technology that they use and their filtration systems have been tested and verified by third party laboratories like the uh, University of Minnesota Particle Calibration Laboratory and uh, and others it's easy so for you to say that's yes that is the the truth so <laughs> go and uh, and 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 check this out and and you know here's the thing it's been verified by science it's been tested by real people. 
Um, and you know, Merlin, I know you're mm. a big fan of new year's resolutions. Huge. I know it's a little late to do one, but if it's not too late, I would say a new year's resolution for you. Stop breathing contaminated air, Merlin. Stop it. Okay. Just stop it. Okay. I'm not kidding. I'm so, I should have said something earlier. I'm really sorry. Stop it. Maybe okay, you I'm wouldn't so, be okay. sick if you'd been breathing through the molecule. Well, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass a hopping. That's right. So I have one of these in my home. I think it makes a big difference. My kids seem to get sick less. Maybe it'll help you. I think you should try it out. You're going to get 10% off your first air purifier order by visiting molecule.com, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E, molecule.com. And the promo code is back to work 10, the the number 10, one zero. So back to work one zero when you check out and that 10, excuse me, that 10 translates to 10%. Off your first air purifier. So go check it out. And uh, we sure do appreciate the support of Molecule. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Molecule. Buck, buck. Hmm. Uh-oh. <coughs> Hello. Hi. Uh, you know, it takes off some, some of the uh, noise, but not all the noise. I heard you very faintly in the background. Oh, yeah. You can hear me if I'm yelling. Here, try this. Ready? Mm. <laughs> could you hear that? I could, but I'm not sure the noise gate might filter <laughs> it out. So if the audience didn't hear that after I post-process it. It's kind of it. like this. <laughs> Except a lot louder. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm feeling great. Strong like bull. Um, what else have we got? Oh, you know, if there's, if there's any week that I need to be more prepared, it's probably a week like this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just, let's, let's just keep, you know what? Let's just keep moving. Let's keep just keep I have moving. some, I have a bunch of feedback. A lot of people wrote in to ask oh, questions yeah. and most of them are directed at, at things you've said. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just tell you real quick. Um, I have two, two recommendations. Um, one is this, <clears throat> this pen I really like. Not too expensive. I learned about this from Max Temkin. It's in show notes. It's okay. called, uh, it's spelled T-U-L, Tool Retractable Gel Pens. These are so smooth. They're so yummy. Um, it's like a, not really a good pocket pen because it's, you know, it's got a pen, it's a pen shape, pen size. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, I really like this pen and I wanted to say that. I'm going to put that down. Okay. The other thing I want to tell you about is that how did I come upon this? I don't remember. The com- this is on YouTube. It's called The Complete Adventure Time Timeline from Channel Frederator. They also have one of these for uh, Gravity Falls. It's really good, but it's just basically like a, a really nicely done, like chronological. Here's everything that happened in what order on Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like it. I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about your your dude. Mm-hmm. Is it a Lich? Is that what you have? The Lich King. Yeah. You know what I love? I love when, um, what is it? Root Beer Guy becomes Dirt Beer Guy. And then he goes back and visits <laughs> his the widow yeah. at the house. Except yeah. now, you remember this? Except now he's Dirt Beer Guy or whatever. Yeah. And he's really clumsy and knocking everything around. There's Remember a lot that? of that in, and he, in the and show. And he says, I love you. Where's that? Where is that? A little stuffed bear I gave you with his arm stretched out that says, I love you. It's such a good show. Go ahead. Oh, that's it. No, please say something. I'm sorry. I'm a, I like you like this. No, I, I was, I was saying, I, I re- <laughs> vaguely remember that, but there is a lot of sort of like shifting of forms and shapes and things in that show. That was kind of a running theme, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that I missed. I, yeah. Evolution. Right. Yeah. It's boy, there's a lot going on in that show. And, and the way it like kind of is, I don't want to say spotty, but like it, it jumps around from to different stories, different points of view. Like, you know, 
I almost feel like, to be honest with you, part of what made it such a fun and challenging adventure was trying to put all the pieces together as you went. It's not like it was a puzzle box, but you're like, wow, this is all kind of crazy. Um, but like the stuff with Simon and Marceline, there's like three, you know, 15 minute episodes at least of their arc that I just, uh, just yeah. shattering. Yeah. And if they'd played those in chronological order, I don't think it would have had quite the same impact. I think it would have seemed a little bit nah, morose. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, triacly. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Making your way in the world today. Such a good episode. everything you've got. You sound just like him. <laughs> Marcy passed it to me. I got ups. I got ups. I'll get some of those little waters. We're like, um, uh, I love that episode so much. It's so um, good. And it's so, and it still holds up. Um, I mean, it's not like it's that old, oh, but I mean, yeah. like even, even if you've watched the whole series and returned to it, that episode, there's so much there. There's so much happening in it, that one episode, it, it, even yeah. the princess Bubblegum references and oh, stuff my God, like that. The face, the yep. face and the gum. Yeah. 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 But also like, just I'm repeating what you said, but it's the way it comes out. Like it's not simply funny. It's, effing bananas like weird like clambulance clambulance um <laughs> so they think it's an ambulance but it's a clambulance and it sells clams except now it's full of zombies it's got scary zombies in it yeah it's 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 and it's just so impossibly heartbreakingly sweet the whole idea uh makes me want to cry just the whole i know spoilers but the way well kind of spoiler but you know just the way that what well, as we learn more and more about ice king and that, like, yeah, he's a butt, but, like, he, you know, he's the way he is for a reason. Mm -hmm. And he is because, like the song says, you know, uh, this magic keeps me alive, but it's making me crazy. Like, every time he puts the crown on, he loses some of himself. Mm -hmm. He sacrifices, like, uh, he, you know, <laughs> I said to Gruber last week that I feel like anybody who finds themselves having to work with the president eventually becomes the giving tree. <laughs> Like you, <laughs> like you start out so tall and proud and you're going to just eventually become something he can sit on. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not, not to make too big a deal about parent ish things, but it's, 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 uh, memory is such a complicated and emotional thing. And the idea of not remembering, I mean, do you remember the first time you figured out that your kid was not going to remember anything before five or six? Yes. I remember when I very first realized that it was like, that's crazy. It's, you know, having dealt with a, uh, my grandmother who had Alzheimer's, like memory is so emotional. And in the case of, you know, somebody who's got dementia or, you know, a child, it's even worse because like my mom had the worst time dealing with my grandmother, worse than I did, because not only did she have to deal with her more, but it was more like deeply painful that her mom was the one who didn't know her husband's name and stuff mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. which, and, and my mom, like, like, you know, lots of people. Anyway, I'm just trying to get at that show, that wackadoo show that started with the lemon man and the buns. <laughs> it just really, it really, it guts me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect that, you know, a lot of, I mean, I think, I think enough people have kind of come to the conclusion in modern times that just because it's animated doesn't mean it can't be serious or it can't have meaning or it can't, you know, I, it used to be that only like Disney motion pictures, they were animated, but they were the only thing where you could go in and feel something. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think, <clears throat> I think adventure time does a really, really good job of, you know, teaching little lessons, giving little examples, but, but really reaching people on an emotional level. I just, I love it. 
I do too. And I you know too. what? They they ended it and it ended in a really good way. Yeah. Did I, did I ever send you that thing? I'm sure I sent you this. That, that I, the thing? thing I found on Tumblr uh, where what happens when Jake dies? It's the speculation on what happens when Jake dies. Mm. Did I ever send you that? No, I don't think oh, so. I'll or find, if you, if you did, it. I didn't. It, it's gone. It's from really, my brain. it's really sweet. But, um, but, um, but, um, what else was I going to say? Yeah. You know, it, it is like, uh, you know, me, I like. I'm, I'm always interested in looking at, uh, the things that were naturalized or normalized, or we just accepted so quickly. Like we've talked a lot about the changes in technology in the past 20 or even 10 or even mm-hmm. five years yeah. and how you like look straight past you know, how we, how we went from, oh my God, everybody's, nobody's going to buy CDs anymore because they're stealing music until, to like, now nobody buys anything anymore because they stream it. There's all, you know, I was talking about the tech changes, but um, just that cultural change has been covered by so many people in the uh, sort of inside baseball media world. But mm-hmm. how weird it is, you think about when The Sopranos first came on, whenever that was, 97 yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th- sweeping into this sort of platinum age of TV, um, Mad Men and whatnot. But like in the time, in the, uh, Mad Men, I feel like in some ways might be where things really changed because before that, if you were a big star, um, you wanted to be in a movie. If you were a prestigious director, you wanted to make movies. You wanted to make theatrical release movies. Absolutely. Unless you're like a wackadoo, like Steven Soderbergh guy, you probably want to get steady work with some studio who you keep having enough success with that they keep giving you new projects to work on. Um, and I, I know this is all really obvious in retrospect, but that's exactly why we should look at it and how that all changed. And now you look at today and you're like, wait a minute, Scorsese made a movie for Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then like, you look at somebody like Phoebe Waller bridge and like Fleabag, those two seasons of Fleabag are like just next level. Um, yeah. And now you, uh, I mean, I, no, I don't want to beat up or slag here, but there's a lot of stakes to getting a movie into theaters for the purpose of making money. If you're trying to do it because you want to be nominated for awards, that's one thing, right? You know what I mean? Where Netflix yeah. will release a movie for a week in LA to be mm-hmm. able to qualify or whatever. But God, what a, what a tremendous change where it used to be. I, we, I grew up just being told this was the idiot box and it was going to rot my brain. And now there's more TV, there's over 400 TV shows in production. Wow. And, uh, and there's so much of it. It's not just that I merely don't like leaving the house. Legit. <laughs> like I, there's a lot of movies. I wish they would let me, I wish you would sell me Jojo Rabbit. Quit screwing around and sell it. Sell me that. Um, but there's so much TV and I'm like, like we just discovered the show on Showtime called um, Work in Progress. And it's just astonishing. This astonishing mm-hmm. show that like I didn't even know about until I heard it mentioned on, I think Slate Culture Gap Fest or no, or um, The Waves probably. Anyhow, interesting times. Interesting times. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And it, anytime that you hear a director talking about, you know, why they did it on Netflix, there is, um, one is the, um, Mindhunter show. Fincher. Uh, yeah. And he was interviewed about it and he's like, you know, he's like the creativity and the freedom that I had to do the exact thing that I wanted to do the way I wanted to do it. He's like, I've never experienced that in all the movies that I've ever made. Right. And this is a guy who's made some big movies and who really it's, I would have thought could do whatever he wanted in Hollywood. No, uh, he seems to be, have been in a pretty good position since, uh, seven probably. Yeah. Strikes me. I mean, I, I don't know if the game was a huge hit, but I mean, fight club, um, you know, girl with the dragon tattoo, like just, there's so many, 
he just he seems like somebody who could pick any um, job he wanted. But like you say, you see, you've mentioned this before that like in these interviews, he says this is one of the best experiences he's ever had. Yeah, like yeah. Right. And anytime that I hear that, like I was listening, speaking of your your favorite podcast, Song Exploder, um, mm-hmm. I was listening to the one that was talking about the Stranger Things um, in, intro theme. And I, I forget the name of the two guys that did that. But even they made comments about how the, um, the uh, what is the name of the brothers? What is their name? Of the yeah, guys who, do, who do the show. Yeah, the guys, is the main two Duplass? guys. Duplass brothers? No. I keep it? wanting to say Dust Brothers because we were just talking mm. about Fincher and Fincher did Fight Club and the Dust Brothers was the Chemical Brothers and they're the ones that did what? the soundtrack to that. Well, yeah, yeah. Dust Brothers and Chemical Brothers, different brothers. What are you talking about? No, it's what the same. About? It's the same. No. No, no. Yeah. No, no. It is. Talk about those block rock and beats. Yeah. Hmm. I think they're the Dust same. Dust Brothers are the guys who produce Beck, I think. I think that, anyway, I'm probably wrong. I shouldn't I'm talk wrong. about I'm music. probably wrong. I do that. But um, what am I looking up? What, whatever, whoever they are, it's what me. But the Duff, the Duffer Brothers, Duffer, Duffer brothers? brothers, yeah, the Duffer it's the Dupla- Brothers. It's not the Duplass Brothers. <laughs> it's the Dupont Brothers. You're making fun of me. No, it's a Duffer. He's not a Duffer. He's a Duplass. It's gotta no, be. It's it. the Duff Duffer Brothers. Guy, Matt also, and Duffer. Guy. Matt Duffer and right. Ross Duffer, known professionally as Jay. the Duffer Brothers, are American film and television writers, directors, I think and you're producers. Thinking of Jay and Silent Bob Duplass. Well, anyway, these two guys that that the Duffer brothers came out and hired to do the music. They were even talking about how the Duffer brothers were able to like do whatever they wanted and make the show they wanted. And you know, it it's, this is the future guys. It's not going to be going to movie theaters anymore. It's just not, it's just not. Mark Duplass is in, um, the very good movie bombshell. I haven't seen he's that. A, he's, Oh, it's awfully good. He is the, um, he play, I think it's him. He's one of the Duplass or Dust Brothers, as you say, or Chemical, that um, plays a husband of, I think, Megan Kelly. The production, design, hair, makeup, everything, FX, everything in Bombshell is incredible. It's, it's really, really good. I guess the Dust Brothers, Dust it Brothers. says there is a controversy with the Chemical Brothers. The Dust Brothers name and trademark was used by the British duo that eventually became the Chemical Brothers. And they began their career. They took it as an homage to the American group, but they changed their name when they were unable to convince the real Dust Brothers to sell the name. The real Dust Brothers. Eventually, the Dust Brothers reached an understanding with the Chemical Brothers, and the 1996 Electrobank EP by the Chemical Mm. Brothers featured a Dust Brothers remix of the title track. Hence, it's brothers all the way down. It's brothers. Huh. (laughs) Huh. Huh. What am I thinking of? What am I thinking of? Didn't they, uh, uh, didn't they do some, something with, with like Beck? What am mm-hmm. I thinking of? Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. of course. They did, uh, did they do Paul's Boutique? Paul's Boutique, Odelay, and Olay. the soundtrack to the film Fight Club, Mbop by Hanson. He, wait, well, Dust, Dust Bros did Mbop? That's what it says. Wikipedia, never wrong. No, I'm right there. Section 1.2, look it up. Read a book. New Pollution. Hmm. Uh, Duplass, Dust, or Chemical? Mary, Kill. Let's see. We got links there. So that's good. Dust Brothers, Duffer Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chemical Brothers, you know, they, they would get those videos with the, the, with the French guy. The, uh, the, oui. the, the Spotless Mind guy? We. Oui. We. Oui. And so like they did, um, there's the one, what's the one? How does it feel like Left Forever Be? Yeah, that that's that's a that? trippy video. I love that Michelle one. Michelle Gondry, that's the fellow's <clears throat> name, right? Sure. I want to say it's Michelle Gondry. He, I don't think he's in Dust. Michelle Gondry. Mm. 
Sean Gondry. I think he's French. He's a French. We. Oh, he did Eternal Sunshine. De la spotless manned. Don't say si. Say we. No, 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 no. Uh, Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman looks a lot like, um, doesn't matter. Okay. All right. He's still alive, you know. Who's Spike Jones or Charlie Kaufman? Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Hmm. No relation to, uh, to Andy. He's so far away now. What happened? I'm right here. No, you went far away. What are you doing? Am I back? No. Did you change your computer input? What'd you do? How about that? You sound like you're talking. Are you gaslighting me? No. I mute. I hit the I hit the stomp button for the mute button, but I that I'm seeing. I think, I think I think you're going through your computer. What? What? No. Oh my god! Check your input. I'm looking at it right now, dude. Okay. Hold on. All right. Then maybe um, uh, hold on. Do you hear this? Yes. Do you hear this? No. I no. heard. Do you hear this? The second one was really quiet. Can you hear me better now? You're gonna have to edit this out, aren't I? You're gonna make me edit this out. Hold I'm on. not. I'm getting. What I'm asking you to do is look at your audio input. You, you goofus. I'm looking at it. Okay. It doesn't change. It's on a different uh, computer entirely. Hold on. I'm going into audio and video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about this? Is this any different for you? It's absolutely different. And then if I switch back to this, is it different? Right now. Yeah. No, you're talking to the. the your no, I mic. I changed nothing any of those times. It's fine. You're you can gonna, hear me you're good gonna, now. You're gonna feel really, really like like a dingling when you listen. I'm going. You sound fine now. You're good now. I didn't do anything. It just listen. This is <laughs> this is this is a thing that I go through. Keep all of that in. I will. This is something I go through with my daughter, whom I love. And I've talked. I think I've talked about this here. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Hang on. Or we're talking about how to find things. Mm. We've talked about this. Yeah. Finding things. Finding things. You got to keep looking, looking. You look all the places. You look the places that you haven't looked. You look under things, right? To, to, to quote the great uh, Rita Rudner, my mm-hmm. husband thinks uh, that, that uh, if, if, you, if, you, uh, if you can't find the milk, if you move anything to find the milk, the milk wins. And that's how my daughter is. <laughs> my, daughter, my daughter doesn't want to find her thing. She mm-hmm. just wants to browbeat me and be right. And I say... Okay, here's a great one. Here's a great one. So she's been sick too. She's had some something kind of fluey mm-hmm. for a few days. That sucks. I bet you got she, it from her. No, it's a different thing. Oh. I've got a chest thing. Um, she's like, where's my uh, mom? Like mom's in the shower. She goes, where's my backpack? I go, oh yeah. You, you know, I, I like to hide your backpack because what I do is I go around the house and I find things and then I hide it. Like your shoes. Mm-hmm. I hide your shoes. You do? Because apparently I'm some kind of Icelandic yeah. gnome creature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's my backpack? <laughs> um, I I don't I don't know. Have you? Did, did you, yes, I look for. Okay, okay. Thing is, you're the only one who deals with the backpack, and it only ever goes in two to four places. And the two places it usually is is somewhere near the top of the steps. Sometimes it's spread all over the floor in the lounge. Mm. Did you look in those places? Yes, I looked. I said, did you really? Did you actually look? And she said, of course, I looked. And I said, you're going to make me get out of bed. She said, yes, I'm going to make you get out of bed. And I came, I walked to the area right at the top of the steps. There was a, there was a, a coat over part of the backpack. So I guess that, that camouflage, she couldn't see that it was right there. She doesn't, she doesn't want to find the thing she wants to be right. And here's what I'm saying to you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm saying to you. This show I'm will here. never air. No. Because you want it to be right. 
That's right. Mm, Charlie Kaufman. Who does he look like? Uh, Leslie Nopesex. Looks like, uh, you know, that one guy, Nick Kroll. Charlie Kaufman looks like Nick Kroll. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what else we got? Uh, but we just had one sponsor, correct? Yeah, just the one. But I've got Duffer some, Brothers, some feedback. Duff Brothers. Oh! Feedback. Yeah. Actual letters from actual listeners. Yeah, I I have some that go back. Um, I'm glad you reminded me of that, Dan. To the beginning of January, and and, and so here's some. Um, this person, Jim, listener Jim, starts out by saying, "Happy New Year." Happy New Year, Jim. I heard Merlin's recommendation of rechargeable batteries. Several of my production sound colleagues did a bunch of head-to-head testing. Some of these folks have a couple hundred or more in rotation running RF mic transmitters and client wireless monitor receivers on motion picture and television jobs. Eneloop Pro AA nickel metal hydroxide 25-ish MAH cells are around $18.50 for a blister pack of four. While Ikea Lada 2450 cells are seven for a blister pack of four. Both are made in Japan at the same factory. And it seems like Ikea cells have more comparable or comparable, as you say, Mm -hmm. reliability and autonomy and are much less likely to be counterfeit. I have maybe 40 Mm -hmm. of the Lada cells myself and have found them to be more reliable than the Eneloop product. No kidding. Well, thank you, listener Jim. Jim. Thank you, listener Jim. Um, the thing that I'm confused about but haven't been bothered to uh, do any research on is, like, there's the regular and the pro, as he says. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I get the sense that there is some trade-off in capacity. Wow, well, I'm get this right. Capacity to, like, power output, maybe? Yeah. Like, the, the pros will hold more, mm-hmm. but they don't. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I've got a mix of Eneloop, Eneloop Pros and the generic uh, Amazon rechargeable ones. Um. I, I, I thought I had gone through, sort of like clean out your spice rack. We're talking about many things that have been challenges on Do By Friday. Mm-hmm. I thought I cleaned up my spice rack uh, recently, but I certainly had not done it recently enough because we had stuff from 2016 in there. And I thought I had fully cycled through all of my, my, um, my dead name batteries, all the, uh, you know, legacy batteries that mm-hmm. you got to take to the dump, to the dump, to the dump, dump, dump. <laughs> but I was wrong. And I've still been finding more and more of these. Um, it's wild. It's taken a while to get, to squeeze out the last like 20% of, you know, old school garbage batteries. I'm glad I did it. I mean, like, I think, I think I said it on the show. It was, it was so sort of embarrassing to see this jar fill up with, you know, earth garbage that I got to take to Walgreens or whatever. <laughs> Gross. Um, no. so lot, lot tea, what's it called? Latte. Can you put it in notes? Oh, lot, lotta. I don't know. Is your mouth words? Rechargeable batteries. Yeah, I'm putting them in right now. Okay. They're on Ikea. I like their meatballs. They got horse in there. That's what they say. I don't know if I believe it. I don't believe it. I'm there for the gravy. I'm always there for the gravy. The gravy is just horse urine. Really? That seems, uh, you know, Hakuna Matata. I read that. I wrote it down Mm -hmm. and I read it. Okay. We wrote it down. You read it. Uh, Hi, Dan and Merlin. On episode number 458, Merlin mentioned that his Gmail storage was down to 0.18 gigabytes. How in the world do you keep it so low? 
I've been using Gmail for work for years, so I have tons of emails with attachments. And as far as I know, it's not possible to delete only the attachments, at least not using the Gmail web client alone. I'm at 90% of my Gmail quota and have often hit 100%, at which point I have to dig through my email to find messages with attachments that I'm willing to delete. I search through old emails for reference very frequently, so I never like being forced to delete things. Maybe the best solution is to pay Google a few bucks per month to get more storage space. Maybe you guys have a better solution. After all, it's only the attachments that take up significant space, and I typically only need the text of the messages anyway. Thanks for all the great shows, Joey. Thanks, Joey. Uh, I'm not at all qualified to speak to this except from experience. Um, And so just to review, what had happened was, as John Roderick likes to say, what had happened was I set up my gimbal and set up my, my camera and did 4K capture of Christmas morning for probably two hours. And that's, I don't know if you know, but that's, that makes a big file. Uh, yeah, so what had happened big. was Google Photos apparently um, had uploaded that to uh, Google Photos. I'm trying to remember the exact sequence of this because we, uh, I don't know, did we record on like Christmas Eve? Yeah, we did. Then it must have been, oh my God, did it take a week? For it to upload? <laughs> really? We would have talked about well, well, no, ergo. I mean, like if it's on Christmas morning, it must have been the episode after that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so yeah, I go to Gmail as just a review here, what we talked about. And I was like, ah, I got this nasty gram at the top. It's like, hey, you got you're out of room. You have zero space left on Gmail. And to free up, click here. And uh I think what it did was wherever it sent me for guidance on how to fix this, one of the links was to go to Google Drive. And I did. And Google Drive is where I found the mini, mini, mini gigabyte 4K video that it uploaded. So I just deleted that. Right. Um, and then, yes, as far as I know, I don't know, I don't know a way other than deleting attachments to bring that down. But if that's all stuff that you really do rely on, I would not count on Gmail to be the only place that it lives. If it's, if it's that important to you, and I mean, per, the short answer is yes, I would, I would just buy more space personally mm-hmm. if it were me. Cause then you get good. Um, is it like, is it like a lot of the services where the free space is really small and then you pay just a little bit and you've got a hundred gigabytes. Uh, I honestly, extra. I don't even know where to look this up. If I go to Gmail, will it tell me? I don't know if it'll even tell me. Uh, so, I, so 7.6 gigs, 51% of 15 gigs used. And if I click manage, I guess 15, yeah, 15 gigs must be what I've got. I pay for, I think it's uh, $20 a year for a hundred gigs. Um, so that includes mostly Gmail. Wow. Seven gigs of Gmail, 0.05 gigs of Google photos. That's because it does the optimized version mm-hmm, and then 0.18 gigs of Google drive. Um, but I guess I, I'm trying to read between the lines a little bit here. Cause like the short, the, well, the short, short answer is buy more space. The slightly less short answer is like do, how much stuff in your Gmail are you going back to? Um, because if the answer is more than a little bit, I would get those into a different system. I would like do some kind of, like, I don't know the exact mechanics of this, but mm-hmm. I would get all those attachments out and put them somewhere searchable. Um, and I would, yeah, I mean, if, if that stuff is important to you, I wouldn't treat it in such a volatile way. Um, you know, if you, it's so harrowing to think about. If you lose your Gmail, you're really, you're in bad shape. Yeah. Anecdotally, at least, uh, they they do not help you very much if you find yourself in that bad situation. Mm. Um, YubiKey, baby, look it up. So, 
James, James, Jamie, Jim, Joe, Joey, Jojo, Joe, Joe, Jack. Joey, thank you, uh, Joey. I hope you get that squared away. I, you know what? I, I don't know how you do that. The, the, I think there are ways. What was it? it used to be dot mbox. Like you would do an export of something. Like I, I don't even know how to do that. Let's find out how to export Gmail. And would you like to bring another listener letter, Dan? Yeah. Um, this one is listener Eric um, Merlin. Third time, long time. All the oh. great shows. Oh. I'm jumping on the OmniFocus train after using Todoist for the past couple of years. Getting started is a little overwhelming. I'm wondering if you have some training recommendations. I'm going to be hacking and trying to figure it out, but I'm looking for a really good quick start besides the Omni Group website. Any guidance would be appreciated. Thanks, Eric in Arkansas. How to get started, uh, uh, hi Eric, uh, how to get started with using OmniFocus like full stop? Yeah. Um, probably something by David Sparks, I would guess. He does lots of really good videos. Um, I'm looking right here. I also put a link in notes for Google Takeout, like where you go and you can uh, download all your data. So that's in show notes, mm -hmm. which you would find this week at backtowork.limo slash 462. Are we going to talk about that? Or just... uh, sure. <laughs> um, so, oh yeah. So, so yeah. So um, David Sparks has the OmniFocus field guide you could get. Um I don't know. I, besides their site, I mean, their site would be the place I would start because they are very good at that kind of stuff. But if you want to go freelance, uh, look for David Sparks' stuff on OmniFocus. Um, and and my, my only advice, which I'm sure will be repeated by anybody else you hear, is don't feel like you have to use everything on day one. You could really start. Remember that. Um, remember or consider that OmniFocus started as an outliner. It started as Omni Outliner plus some Apple Script. So that has, that's a very Emacsy shop over there. People think in outlining things. Mm -hmm. So um, remember, it can just be a real simple to-do list to get started. Um, as with all these things, forgive me for repeating this advice, but it's really good advice if I say so. Um, don't over-taxonomize until it becomes useful. Like there's so many lessons you learn over and over and over in life. And, you know, one of them is that, like when you're starting a wiki, a personal wiki back in the day, you'd have our own wikis. Like, don't have a second page on the wiki until you need it. And then don't have a third page. Don't feel the need to create 9,000 stubs. You're not helping anybody. You're over, you're over engineering. You're getting, you're doing away with the whole reason that a wiki can be powerful. You're, you're going to be using, um, friend, you're going to be using OmniFocus to streamline and, um, streamline your work and to feel more productive than like you get your hands around what you're doing. So focus on the things that move you closer to that when you need to taxonomize, you can taxonomize, but don't taxonomize before you have content in there. That's a really common impulse. What are my contexts? What are my projects? Or what are my tags? Whatever. Does everything need to have a due date? No, it doesn't. Stop. Uh, so that's my advice. OmniFocus, it's very good. Um, and then, so yeah, what's that called? Download your data. Yeah, download your data. There it is. They have lots of different options. Uh, what else is up, Dan? Okay. Uh, hi, Dan and Merlin. Hey, thanks to Merlin mentioning task paper on recent episodes, including 459. I decided to check it out. It's nice. But unfortunately, out of the box, it only works on Mac OS. I see that there are a number of third party clients that support the task paper format. I'm curious, what's Merlin? What Merlin's using on iOS? Walt. Hi, Walt. I think I think it's Walt Mossberg, but OK, not sure. Um, I uh, so I use the task paper app on the Mac, as you would imagine. Mm -hmm. Um. And you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, pretty much any decent text editor has at least syntax highlighting. 
um, for test paper files. If not, you know, outright straight up like um, <clears throat> support for gesture type things and clicking and stuff like that. Um, I'm still using editorial on iOS for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to find out how you interact using just the screen without having to type to like tick off finished things in drafts. I yeah. would love to be totally in on drafts. Um, and I'm still, I still got some friction to how all that is working, but now that's what I use and I don't love it. There's an app. It doesn't matter what it's called. Cause I'm not going to recommend it. It's on my poop list. There is a task paper related app for iOS that may have improved since I last used it, but it was real wonky about syncing, uh, especially with Dropbox. So I don't have one as a, that I've used lately that I like. So now I just use it as in a text file. Cause you know, I, it sucks though, because in the editorial, I'm not getting any kind of completions of anything. Like if I type an at symbol, it doesn't start filling in. Whereas the test paper app on Mac is great at that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a really cool app. And, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. One thing that we uh, kind of touched on last time in our big, uh, back to the Mac 2020 event, uh, I th- you know, you can go, so first of all, learn a bunch of the Mac key commands, but also remember there's an area in preferences called keyboard inside of keyboard is what is it called? Uh, apps maybe where you can go in and customize this is kind of a hack, but it really works. You go to uh, shortcuts and then app shortcuts and you end, you add an app to this and then say what the exact text of what's in the pull down menu. And you can make your own custom keys for things. So I've done that with um, task paper. Mm-hmm. So like I can go command option shift a, or like D for uh, for do or S for start. I'm really into those. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Next issue. Did I forget something? No. I'm a little bit out of it. You probably can't tell. I'm probably pulling it off. No, you seem great. Um, I feel great. Starting like bull. Gonna, what else do I have? Let me go look at one. Uh, Eric. Uh, Eric writes in. Eric. Long time listener. First time caller. First of all, thank you both for the show. In episode 460, Merlin spoke of a shortcut for setting a Siri command to send a push notification so his Apple Watch is not forgetting when charging. My attempt to do this on my phone is not much more than setting a timer, as I'm just not getting how to create custom shortcuts. Is it possible to share that shortcut or detail the steps? If there are any books or other sources to walk through the process, I'd appreciate the point in the right direction. I must not be using my open eye uh, when I search on my own. Thanks for taking the time to read this and look forward to the next episode. Eric. Okay. Uh, thank you, Eric. What I'm going to try to do, I'm going to see if this works. I'm going to try sending this to you, Dan. Okay. And if that works. Yeah, if it works, then, then we could uh, upload it somewhere or something. Oh, and there, there it is. There's the URL. That's what I was looking for. You got it. Um, okay. So, but, so I'm sending that to Dan. We should be able to post it. Uh, it's really simple. It's just uh, three steps. Uh, uh, the first is. Uh, yes, get this, this works. And there's a button at the bottom that says get shortcut. Do you think I should try to put this in the show? I'm going to put this in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, by all means. I, just, I don't think there's anything personal here. So all it does is uh, it gets the current date and then it adds 65 minutes to the date. You can make that whatever you want. And then it just says add, get my Apple watch to rem- my reminders list uh, with an alert at a time. And then adjust the date. So. You can see my renamed reminders list. There you go. Yeah. Raymond Luxury Yacht. <laughs> uh, hi, Dan Swamp and Merlin. Womp Warbler Mangrove. Se- second time, long time. Oh, boy. Is I it really... Eric? Is this the third or fourth Eric? This is a uh, Terrence. Hi, Terrence. 
Uh, I really enjoyed your discussion on your current approach to task management a few weeks ago, and especially the thought technology of the alarm reminder calendar task stack. I like that. I'm curious about how you manage your calendars and whether that has changed much in the past few years, and in particular, how you use them with your family, friends, and work colleagues who all may have different habits from both you and each other. Thanks in advance and keep up the great work. After all, every... uh, Fin de... Fin de siècle. Yeah, uh, is also fin de siècle is also a debut day, whatever. Terence mm. and you uh, are better at speaking uh, French than me. Uh, un chien andalou. Uh, so. Hola, gracias, Terence. Yes, um, I could go all That's day. That's a whole show, right? Uh, like Captain America says, I could go all day <laughs> uh-huh. of this. Um, uh, yes, yes. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, uh, wrapping back around maybe next time to have like a, a calendar catch up episode, Mm -hmm. but where I'd get to say a bunch of things for the 40th time, but, um, uh, maybe to focus on, oh God, Dan, I love this topic so much. Um, and somebody actually asked me to talk about it. You know, you know who never uh, does that is, is anybody I know or live with. (laughs) Tell me more about that. Tell me about, tell me about Photoshop shortcuts, Dan. (laughs) Oh, sit down, gather near. Uh, so you're like the, the absence, shortcuts guy now. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, did I make sure I'm a little sick? What you do is, um, we can focus on a couple things. Um, uh, okay. So if you're using, um, Google calendar, um, I, you can probably find a link to this, but I, I always say this and I don't know if this makes sense. But there is a calendar that is your calendar in Google Calendar. And that uh, calendar can do special things that the other calendars can't. Right. Um, And so it's important to realize, like, for most people, honestly, one calendar is probably plenty. This is another example of you. It's very easy to over-taxonomize. So a couple quick things. Let's, let's, if 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 you'll allow it, let's quickly do some calendar high-level thinking stuff, and then let's mm-hmm. do some how to deal with other people in calendars. Is that okay? Yeah, cool. So again, I do not have this exactly in front of me, but I can tell you for shizzle that there is, let's call it your calendar, right? The primary calendar. Well, first of all, that becomes the default. If there's anything that can work with Google Calendar at all, there's a pretty good chance that even if nothing else syncs or works in the way that you expect, your calendar from Google uh, Calendar should work fine. Mm-hmm. Now, you can have other calendars. There are calendars you can create from scratch. There are calendars that you can share with people. There are calendars, uh, like read-only calendars, that you can subscribe to. So I get one of those for, like, uh, you know, last year I was really into the Warriors. I would see when their games were. This year I find out when stuff is happening at my kid's school. And so I would, I would be picky about how many calendars you have going on because it's really easy to get confused about that. And I will give you a use case for why more than one calendar is useful and why having 60 calendars probably is not, in my opinion, which is that I really love the products of BusyMac. Um, they make BusyCal and Busy Contacts included with your setup subscription. Um, and these are some of the folks that made Now Up to Date and Now Contact in the 90s. So they really know what they're doing. Anyway, um, one thing that's great about BusyCal, it has so much, you know, it's sort of like the way that I talk about LaunchBar being like a pretty version of Spotlight, except everything else too. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, BusyCal is you can just run that as a prettier, more customizable version of the Apple Calendar app. But brother, does it do lots of great stuff. So much great stuff, including you get your own separate set of a whole bunch of uh, bits for each calendar event. So like, for example, you know, you've got name field or like the name of the event, alarms, notes. You can have your own alarm separate from like a shared calendar, your own custom notes, tags, any of that stuff. That's all great. One of the greatest things that you, you need never even discover, but once you discover it's so powerful um, is what do they call it? C-A-L opens this up, uh, up in the kind of the menu bar, you've got these filters that you can, you basically in, in a similar way, God, this is not going to be that helpful. The way you can save as a perspective in OmniFocus, imagine that here. So let's say I want the following view. It's going to be day, week, month, year, right? I want the following calendars to be selected. One, two, three, very specific, right? Um, and anyway, all, all those sorts of things, you save that as a filter, that filter now becomes a button. So I've got one called today, which is just my super core stuff of me, uh, the family, and it just shows me today, Tuesday, January 28th. Um, if I click on family core, that gives me a week view with all this other stuff like library books that are due and stuff like that. Why am I saying this? Um, the calendar that's more important than all the other calendars is your calendar, whatever the hell that's called in Google. And then just be careful about like how many more you're going to add. And I would aim to optimize for the kind of situation I'm describing, which is you want enough differentiation and control to be able to customize, but you don't want to lose stuff in the lights because you had calendars turned off that mm -hmm. were garbage to begin with. Right. So like I subscribe to my trip it, like I see my trip stuff. That's straightforward one. I've told you about journal. Journal is just stuff that's happening with me. Environment is stuff that's happening with other people that I just need to know about. Um, et cetera, TV, TV time calendar, when shows are going to be on, just turn all that off in most of my views, but it's there if I want it. So there's that. Um, and then maybe next time let's go into the world's greatest hits of what goes on a calendar and how to use that. As far as using it with other people, again, I, I don't have a big boy job, so I'm not super qualified to speak to this, except to hear people like Syracuse in our last episode talking about like the kind of defense you have to run on your own calendar to like when people have access to your calendar through exchange or whatever, and like they can see what your day is or see when your availability is and your whole day gets chalked up into these little nearly contiguous blocks. I don't have any of that. So I, I'm not qualified to speak to that. That I, I wish I had more, could have more impact on that inside of a company, but that's a very team specific thing. Right. Let's at least talk here about family and like a small group of people. So for the family one, it's pretty straightforward. I just created a calendar um, and give it a name. And that is shared with my wife who mostly uses it and my kid who never uses it. But it's super important to me. Now, that's very valuable because that can include things like, you know, kids off school this Monday or like I have pickup today and tomorrow and they're, they're at different times. So that goes on the family calendar. The judgment call becomes when are things... Um, let's say I even like, a, for example, I share the, my calendar with my wife in the sense of she can see it. Right. I don't think she has right privileges, but mm -hmm. anyway, um, the, uh, the question then becomes like, what goes where? And you know, this, this, you know what I'm saying? Like, does this go on the family calendar? Does this go on? Oh, it's just something my wife's going to run this race in the future. Should that go on environment? Should that go on big you know, on my family calendar? Where should it go? Um, and it depends. Here's the way. I will pivot from an old 43 folders point, which is, you know, like you ever, when you're thinking of a mnemonic, 
You don't want to be too clever. When you think of a mnemonic, just literally the first thing that occurs to you, make that the mnemonic. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when you try and remember it in the future, that's what the first thing you thought of is what you will remember. It's just basic cognitive science. It's not complicated. There's all kinds of things like that. Like when I um, would think in the past about organization, if you have stuff, you've, you've winnowed down to just the stuff you need and love, what do you do it? How do you get organized? Well, every item should be where, where you will think to look for it at the moment that you need it. Also imagine some stress. If you had to stressfully find something, well, my keys are always here. And that's my bulwark against madness. Somebody moves my keys, I'm in a dark place. Right. Same thing here. Who is this for? Is this a heads up style? I just need to know this time is blocked or should this block my time? That's another thing is you can pick most good calendar programs, let you say whether you get notifications for this calendar, whether you get, um, whether it's like uh, defaults to busy versus uh, available. But um, that's, that's the main way I would think about it. Like for most of the stuff where like, I think it's valuable to expose like things like pickup times to the whole family. So if there's something that's different than the way it is most days, that goes on the calendar. I don't put, we don't have drop off in the morning because my wife does that every morning. Does this make sense so far? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm following. It needs to go. I mean, cause, <clears throat> cause here's the other part of this, that there's the huge part that I always will be so excited to talk about is that in a way that might actually make some people uncomfortable that your calendar should be an ongoing contract with yourself it should be a contract about your future title. Like everything that goes on your wait, calendar. Wait, 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 wait. Contract, contract for your future. For your future. Um, because you you want to be able to, like in a, in a pinch, in the back of a lift, maybe after you've had some drinks, be able to pull up a day and know what your obligations are, right? That, that's a, something any adult should be able to do. And it shouldn't be a big hassle. You shouldn't have to go around and around with people, but like... When we're leaving the um, orthodontist, we set the next appointment. When I leave my shrink, I set the next appointment. When I'm done recording with Syracuse, even though we are scheduled out months and months and months, we still always verify, turn your key, sir. This is the next <laughs> time that we're doing this. There's a lot of things you want or need from a calendar. You want it to be dependable. You want it to be honest. You want it to be up to date. Um, but then also sometimes a calendar is a way of exposing other people's existence, time and movement. And that's... So where does that go? How much does this need to be in my face? And, you know, can I minimize, like I could, I honestly could get away with two calendars, mine and my family's, but mm -hmm. I've got a few others. So that's, that's some stuff to think about. Um, with teams, I don't know, man, both as somebody who doesn't have a big boy job and somebody who's old, um, I have to guess that the way people interact and talk about any of this stuff would be vastly different than 25 years ago when I did have a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, no, because I mean, think about how different people who are, what do they say, what do they say, digital natives, like, but people who are millennials have like grown up in this. Yeah. Yeah. They've I mean, imagine, imagine it, I, a calendar is always on the computer. Everything you do is on a computer. But and, also and, just, just the negotiation of getting right. something on the calendar is probably different than when I had a job and people yeah. were wearing Jerry Garcia neckties. It was a different time. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I would love to talk more about calendars. Can we put that on the calendars? Can we diary that? Yeah, let's do it. Um, did you have anything else? I've got a lot more, but I think we're save it. Yeah, let's save it all. Let me see. Oh, this one might be nope. That one's long. No. Huh? Hmm. No. Hold on. Let's see if I got anything else. Uh, these are all really good long. I don't want to rush any of these. All right. Um. 
So one, one last time, why don't you tell people about uh, your new podcast program and tell them where to subscribe? Ah, uh, yes. If you're interested in Star Trek Picard, it's at picard.fireside.fm. It's also in our show notes. Merlin, where could listeners find the show notes for today's episode? Oh, uh, you're talking about episode uh, Diggity 462 of your Back to Work program? Yeah, that one. I would go to backtowork.limo slash 462. Nice. I love it. <laughs> I'm stupid. So good. And uh, thanks to Molecule for uh, sponsoring uh, 5x5 and Back to Work. You want to button this up? I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.